be stowed away Shivering there while the boxes sway Who might jump before the light of day You can't tell There's a night train Rolling by night train Rolling by night train Hey everybody, Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 37 of Justified Pursuit. As always, alongside my co-host, my buddy, the good counselor Chisholm Cook, who is uh, you're looking better, man. Still got that clean-shaven thing going on, but uh, there's a big smile. Uh, you feeling better? Yes. Because um, last week you felt like Dookie. It was hitting me, I think, probably 15 minutes before our call. Last week it was it was coming on. I woke up that morning. That was Thursday, whatever that date was. Yeah. And I had like a little bit of tightness in my back. Um I had been stuck in DFW airport Monday and Tuesday, thanks to American Airlines gross mis- uh, incompetence. Glad I sold my stocks when I did. Yeah. <clears throat> Wednesday, I had gotten a pretty good workout in. So I woke up Thursday morning with this kind of weird sort of pain in my back um but i kind of just wrote it off as I, I worked out pretty hard yesterday maybe i'm just you know sore but it wasn't your typical maybe muscle soreness right yeah almost definitely that <laughs> uh yeah but then but then like around i think you know 15 minutes before we recorded middle of the day uh it just all of a sudden went from sort of a localized back discomfort to that sort of tingly achy feeling everywhere Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, this is definitely not just muscle pain. I'm something's wrong, you know." And then you and were it, blaming hand, foot, and mouth, which was going around your house, right? And I was, like, mm, I was you don't have that. More like praying, <laughs> praying that it was that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it built as we talked, and yeah, like probably an hour after we wrapped, I basically laid down and you know more or less didn't get out of bed until Saturday. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah confirmed as of saturday got the rona and you think you got uh, it at the airport dude i i mean i had to have like where else would i have gotten it? i sat at the airport for 10 effing hours that monday yeah and specifically i sat waiting for one flight because my original flight that was supposed to be at noon got canceled i was on standby for a 6 30 flight that flight got delayed and delayed and delayed until i finally walked away from the gate at almost eight o'clock but i my point is i was at a gate with you know, however many people a 737 fits. And it was like the gate in the corner of the terminal, right? So oh. everybody's like piled into the corner of the terminal, like hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. I just can't, where else would I have gotten it, right? I don't know. I would have found a, a bar and started whatever the uh, local IPA is. Well, I spent most of the day doing. Oh, wait, you were here. So that. it would have been like uh, Tups or something. Deep Ellum IPA. I don't know. I spent most of the day on my own in restaurants and bars and stuff. But at some point I had to go <laughs> hope to get on a plane. Right. Right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And you long like story sh- short, felt like shit on Thursday. So that's about, that's consistent with me. I've got it. Thanksgiving was on a Thursday and I started feeling bad on Monday. Oh. Right. Yeah. Four, four, roughly four days, right? That's yeah. four to six days is supposed to be the incubation period. That was what happened to me. Ashley was, sick right about the same you know three and a half to four days later just like i was mm-hmm. um the girls are all good uh not a even the slightest symptom from them but i felt real crappy from thursday afternoon until saturday afternoon mostly it was body aches that were the worst i feel like i've ever had um so I had f- you've mentioned that you had the flu in college one right. time and when you were in law school and that that was like the sickest you'd ever been yes did the Rona make you feel as bad as that? I mean, it's so long ago, it's hard to remember all the details, right? I can say that the body aches that I had had to have been as bad, maybe worse from this. Yeah. But, you know, everything else, the flu was actually worse. I had, yeah. you know, horrible chest congestion. I had diarrhea, yeah. the whole nine, right? And I didn't have any of that. I've, I mean, as we st- speak right now, I don't even have a cough anymore. Like, mm-hmm. so today's, we're recording on a Wednesday. So I'm at six days from the first symptoms and my cough, my chest feels great. My cough is gone. I still have some head congestion, but I was telling you before the call, I kind of always have head congestion. Mm-hmm. I take Mucinex 
like a vitamin. I take it all the time and I'm out of it because I can't go to the freaking store. Right. So I really feel like if I just had a Mucinex D in me right now, I'd feel like a million bucks. Uh, well, yesterday we talked on the phone and are we? Yeah, we are recording. Okay. You didn't sound that great. You sounded congested. Congested. You sound better today. So and you look good because like I actually feel a little. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to work out today. Like I got I, yeah. I feel fine and I have felt really I've felt fine since Monday. Um, yeah. the body aches broke mid afternoon. I texted you at two thirty on Saturday, so I got tested at like ten thirty that morning with the rapid test. It was positive. Mm-hmm. So I took the rest of that ivermectin that I've talked about on this show uh, multiple times when I got home. That that prescription that Ashley had gotten in Did April. Did you take the first of it when you? The day I felt bad. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, okay. The way that. So I've learned since then that. So, so that if y'all recall, that was a prescription that Ashley had gone to a clinic in April feeling pretty bad. They tested her and wrote her a prescription for ivermectin said, if you test positive, take them. Mm-hmm. She never, she tested negative. So we kept it. This doctor we're now working with explained that that was a traditional commercial dose for a parasitic infection, which is four pills the day you are prescribed it 48 hours later, the other four pills. So I did take the first four. The day I was feeling bad is just in case because it's harmless. It's a harmless drug anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got the you know positive test, it was right about 48 hours later. So I took the other four. So that was like noon on Saturday. And I remember texting you around two, two 30 saying, dude, this is, I was, it was almost like my body aches were peaking at that point. Cause it was, it's either they were peaking. It was, or it was just like, after two days of it, it just sort of starts to wear you out mentally, like mm-hmm. of chronic, just constant. Oh dude. And like an hour later they went away and they haven't come back and the fever went away and it hasn't come back. Um, Ashley is now has now taken two rounds of ivermectin. And as of this morning, her body aches have gone away. She's still dealing with a fever. And yet body doctors don't want to prescribe it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. then Bill Gates, Bill Gates can't make more billions. That's right. So the most amazing thing is, up, dude, man. Monday I took my third round. So we got it. We found I found a doctor. The website that I've got on our show notes that I've mentioned, COVID19criticalcare.com has a registry of doctors all across the country who are prescribing ivermectin. Um, and Mine's not on there. <laughs> yeah. Take the shot or you're going to die. That's right. is, is fear mongering. My soon to be former doctor. I was feeling much better on Sunday. Um, you know, still not great. Uh, I still had some body aches, but they were very localized to like my, my upper back, which apparently back pain is a, is a symptom. Like, um, it, that's where the aches tend to be localized anyway, but they were bearable. Like at that point going from head to toe and fingertip to fingertip to like a little bit of back pain, no big deal. Right. Um, I started reaching out to some of the doctors on that website that were prescribing in Texas. And one of them, uh, God bless him, got back to me, uh, that day on a Sunday with an email and said, here's my, you know, new patient forms. I can talk to y'all at 11 and noon on Monday. He was willing at the time to give Ashley the, uh, prescription as a prophylactic to try to keep her from getting sick. But between when I emailed him and, you know, by, by yeah. Monday, she was symptomatic. <clears throat> So anyway, <clears throat> talked with him on Monday. He wrote his prescriptions. Um, so I took my third dose of it on Monday. And now we're on like a body weight regulated dose. Like I take six pills. She takes four. Hmm. Um, but I took it on Monday. On Sunday morning, I had a sore throat for Saturday night and Sunday morning. The fever was gone. The body aches were better. But then I got a sore throat that was one of those sore throats that was so bad. Like you just don't even want to swallow. Right. It feels yeah. like there's a huge knot in your throat and it was like excruciating Sunday morning. It had alleviated just enough where I could swallow and eat and not want to, you know, cry. Um, but that persisted all day Sunday and, and, you know, through Sunday night into Monday morning. So I took that third round of ivermectin that he prescribed us on Monday. And, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night Sunday and not only had my sore throat gone away, but it was like, it, my throat had opened up. Like I had like extra room in my throat because my tonsils swelling had gone away completely. Like I, I woke up and could breathe. I had no sore throat, no body aches. I, I literally felt at midnight. And I think I woke up because I had for three days, I had been sleeping weird randomly, right? Like yeah. 
off and on throughout the day, not sleeping at night. Um, so I just woke up at midnight for whatever reason, but I felt better than I felt before I got sick. Like mm -hmm. even shoulder pain that I've been dealing with in my right shoulder since forever is gone. Like my right shoulder doesn't hurt. See how I'm moving it? <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, and I need, it still you know feels what? we should all just be taking ivermectin just that's like, what i that's i swear to god that's what i've been thinking i'm like hmm maybe i should just take this stuff because i've been explaining on this these calls forget it CBD oil it's ivermectin oil well yeah that. it's a it is an it is a naturally occurring uh anti-inflammatory so why would it not potentially make an inflamed shoulder feel better, right? Yeah. It's an anti-inflammatory. That's what the freaking thing is. They take, um, like, we, and I've talked about my pH over there in, in South Africa multiple times, but they don't, they don't take it like when they're sick. They're just taking it, like I think once a month, everyone in the camp just takes ivermectin, right. and all, and has even before this, right? So since then, I have learned. My wife, my wife was talking to her parents, and they're very close to a bunch of farming folks, farmer folks in the, uh, um. Corpus Christi area where we're from, right? Mm -hmm. Apparently, all the farmers in Texas have been taking the farm. You can get ivermectin at Tractor Supply, right? Because it's it's, they give it to cattle. That's right. They give it to cattle and horses and all that yeah. stuff. And it's the exact same molecule. It's delivered differently. It's not a pill. It's a, it's a solution. That's like a thick, creamy stuff that you basically sh you know shoot with a syringe into these animals' mouths. So it looks pretty nasty, but <clears throat> it's all based on weight, right? So you just dose it according to your body weight. It's the exact same drug. Apparently, every farmer in the Corpus area has been taking this stuff as a prophylactic for like a year now, because oh. there are people who've been talking about this since last summer. And like every day since Sunday, I've had a conversation with somebody who's like, oh, yeah, my uncle's been taking ivermectin since last summer and swearing by it. Or, you know, I got a cousin or, you know, some friends of ours down the street. So... <laughs> Um, I don't know, I guess not surprisingly, uh, the people who make our food have been up on this for, <laughs> for yeah. a while now. Well, I'm not happy that you got COVID, but I, I am glad that we now have living testimony of ivermectin working for you and for, for Ashley. So, um, that's yeah, a man. good thing. I mean, I, uh, I, I, you know, you, you could argue, and this is what the anti ivermectin crowd is saying. Um, that I would have had the exact same course of improvement without it, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but when I tell you that on Saturday at you 2 o'clock... You text me on Saturday. I can look at the text, but uh, it basically said, this sucks, I'm dying over here. <laughs> yeah, and then literally an hour after that, which was yeah. about three hours after taking my second round of that shit, that pain went away. Yeah. And then on Monday, the sore throat went away when I took another round of it, right? So I, I, I don't know. You When there's that... when with the amount of data that these medical doctors, medical doctors have been compiling about the effectiveness of this drug with all that data out there, my anecdotal quote unquote, um, experience lines up perfectly with it. So yeah, you'll never convince me it doesn't work. And the reality is it's, I've been saying that it was like 40 million doses, right? 4 billion doses of ivermectin have been prescribed over the last 40 years. It is safe. A doctor right. we're working with said he scoured the globe for examples of deaths from ivermectin and found one child in Africa who died from ivermectin. And he had like a severe and very rare uh, health condition. Yeah. Well, like it doesn't like it, it's, you know, it's harmless. Thousands less than Bill Gates killed with his experiment. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's yep. uh, I, I was talking to some guys on my soccer team after our game Monday and I was flabbergasted when our goalie was, he's one of those, everyone needs to get vaccinated people. Like, why aren't you me, myself and one of the other guys on the team are not vaccinated. I think all of the rest of them are. And he's like, you guys just much like my doctor. He's like, you're putting your own health, you know, risking your own health. And more importantly, you're risking everyone else. And I said, Scott, you've told me that the vaccine works. You believe in the vaccine. So why do you care if I'm vaccinated? Right. What is that? Well, what if you're around old people? I was like, aren't they vaccinated? Right. I said, it's available for anyone that wants it now. He told me he's going to get his kids vaccinated as soon as possible because his wife is a nurse. And I said, Scott, my wife's also a nurse at a hospital where there's lots of sick kids. And he said that there's some side effect that kids get. It's very rare, but they have like long-term um, problems stemming from, from COVID, COVID or from the vaccine. COVID from COVID infections. And I said, so, you know, 
people have reactions to everything, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter the, the age class, but Dude. kids, gym, demographically, kids are not getting sick. You are living with four kids right now who have not gotten COVID when you and your wife have COVID. My three kids didn't get COVID when we had COVID and we tested them PCR tests two times. So we know they didn't have it. They're not, they're not dying from it. And I, and I was like, Scott, you want to put an if you want to put an experiment in your body, that's fine. Do it. I, I'm more power to you. Why would you do that to your kids when there's no data? He goes, there is data. What, no, there's not. What data, Scott? What I'm just like asking this guy, like, what what data are you talking about? And there there is no long term data on a, an experiment. There can't be. They did right. the phase three trials last summer. We're right he's a now. Smart guy. He's a he's like a chemical engineer. Very smart guy. Well, that's but part dude, of the problem, is dude. Just, is that some of the people who are the most scientifically minded yeah. are the most prone to just believe this stuff. But here's where I come down on it, man. The very same people who we're conducting the research that engineered this effing virus. That's the same people who engineered the vaccine based on the research they were doing on manipulating the viruses. Why in the fuck would I trust them with their vaccine when I know for sure, for sure, I'm pretty damn confident that it was their work in manipulation that led to this problem in the first place. Right, right. Did you hear not the, to mention uh... not to mention once again, I will point out this drug ivermectin a naturally occurring gift from God that he put in the soil and inspired some random Japanese guy to discover in the seventies. I, I was listening to, it might've been that three hour Joe Rogan. I had a, did a lot of driving this weekend going out to uh, Texas motor speedway for the ducks unlimited taking one for thing. the team. And so I listened to the whole three hour deal of the, uh, I can't remember their names, but, um, you listen, Dr. Listen. Pierre, Dr. Pierre Corey, who's the guy from the FLCCC. The no, I didn't listen to that one. I listened to that couple, the liberal girl and the conservative. Guy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, Angeti and Ball. Yeah, yeah, Dr. yeah that's the one I listened yeah. to. And um, I think maybe she was saying how at the Wuhan lab, they were basically someone said, you guys were playing with fire here and risking humanity and she was like no no we weren't playing with we weren't doing that all we were doing was trying to see if we could get the virus to jump from one species to the next <laughs> well you fucking uh -huh. did it <laughs> congratulations you you I, did dude, i swear you succeeded. like <laughs> apparently scientists scientists and uh, the democratic party apparently all think they have like jedi mind trick abilities congratulations uh it worked and here we are so how's your sense of uh, smell and taste? I'm still at 50% on the smelling and never lost the taste really. But I'll say the farther along this goes, like some things just taste weird. Corona, Heineken, both skunky beers. I don't at all taste like a skunk to me. And like crap just doesn't smell. It smells like sulfury, sweet, like all poop. And it's very odd. Um, I will say generally non-existent, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. the smell. Um, then that was so weird too. So that was Sunday. I think when I lost it, um, I was dozing off kind of middle of the afternoon and I was having this and my, and Ashley has described the exact same thing. I got this burning sensation in my nostrils. Um, mm -hmm. like I was breathing really cold, dry air as I was like, you know, when you take like a midday, you know, sick virus nap, you're kind of just like half in and out of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I was like half asleep and I was feeling this burning in my nose and I was like, hmm, you know, kind of wiggling it around. That's a, those off for the singeing your, <laughs> singeing your right out of your existence. Yeah. Right? Your, your nasal nerves. <clears throat> so I woke up and, um, didn't notice anything. Um, but I had some snacks in my office. This was, I was trying to isolate at the time because Ashley mm -hmm. wasn't sick yet. And I go grab, uh, I think it was like some, some dried apples that I was eating like apple chips. And I eat the first one and there's like a metallic taste and feeling on my tongue. And I was like, huh? Yeah. And I grabbed something that I knew should smell strongly. And I took a, I tried to take a whiff and I was, it was just nothing like, <laughs> like I had this. And so at this point I still can't smell anything yesterday. I was able to pick up the slightest twinge of smell here and there. So I, I'm hopeful it's going to come back soon. Yeah. Um, the, as far as taste, it's kind of what you described. It's not gone, gone. I can kind of taste stuff, but nothing tastes right. Yeah. And anything that does taste right is like half. It seems like half power, right? Like, mm. but the smell thing, I mean, it's the strangest thing to like stick your nose in a cup of coffee or up to my old spice deodorant. And it's like, this smells like nothing to me. Right. I get, 
it's weird. Um, but I and I don't know this. So of all the just studies being to me that it's just a man-made thing, like there's just I mean, no other way to put it. The genetic code is the validation that it's a man-made thing. But yeah, right. I get what you're saying. Um, I so there are additional studies on this ivermectin thing showing that it helps with what they call long haul COVID symptoms. Mm-hmm. So not only does it help prevent COVID, not only does it help, you know, stop it. And when you once you've caught it. But supposedly it helps with the long-term symptoms. I haven't specifically seen anybody talking about whether it helps bring your sense of smell back, but um, it's supposed to help with the brain fog, get you over that and, and that sort of stuff, help you get your um, energy level and like your, your cardio strength back because it heals your lungs. So what I'm saying is being that it's harmless and you're trying to track it down anyway, if you're going to take it as a pro- prophylactic to go to Africa or whatever, keep an eye on that. Maybe it will help bring your sense of smell back. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I don't know well, that for I sure. I didn't have ivermectin when, when I got sick, but I would like to thank the great state of Kentucky for making fine bourbons, which is what I medicated with. And it, and really nothing else to do when the wife's like, you're allowed to stay in your office or your room. Um, okay, well, I'm going to bring this um, wild turkey in here with me too. <laughs> I could taste that. Or maybe it just tasted like burning. But anyway, um, what else do we have here? I, I wanted to mention I'm sitting there last night and Henry and I were watching the highlights of the European championships, the soccer tournament that's going on right now. Yeah. And I, I haven't been watching all the games. I've been, I've watched all the highlights on the uh, abbreviated version on YouTube. You can basically watch a whole game in like seven minutes, see all the highlights. It's beautiful. And so Henry and I are watching and this Ukrainian guy scores the game winning goal in an in injury time. <laughs> And he takes his shirt off and runs over to the corner flag, and he's wearing what looks to be like a sports bra. And Henry just looked at me like, what in the world? That's what mom wears. And I was like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know what to say about it. And, um, yeah, it turned into kind of an ordeal because Aaron walked in and was like, what are y'all looking at? And I, was, and I showed her, and she's like, she looks it up, and it ended up being some kind of sports performance monitoring thing. It had like a, some kind of thing that was tracking the guy's movements and i guess distance he ran and all that stuff but i was i told her i was like i don't care it maybe it needs to be one that comes down past his belly button you know it, that's a bra that he's wearing and it looks ridiculous and the, here's the, his, go these ahead. are the men these are the men that brought us man purses back in the 90s right so Jeez, just keep dude, that in I, mind i anyway she she kind of just was she walked out and then went to bed we never even discussed it again and that was it. she was mad at me like she thinks I'm too sometimes too like conservative and that things like that shouldn't bother the normal person, like a dude wearing a bra, even if it's for tracking his performance. Like I like dudes to look like dudes, um, especially on a stage where the whole world is watching. And now my eight year old kid is like, what? Why are dudes wearing bras, especially professional athletes that we look up to? I don't know. I will say this one might be one you might just like let go. <laughs> Look at the if picture, the thing, of it, dude. It looks thing, like a freaking bra. And some people are like, "Is he doing it to support the women's national team?" Well, that's the what? annoying thing, right? Is like, is is that we know with the whole, you know, gender uh, dysphoria re- rev- revolution and all that stuff. Like, could it be a political statement? If it's not a political statement, dude, could be totally innocent of just trying to wear a piece of you know equipment that maybe Does he's he not looking in the for, mirror and realize but, he's wearing a fucking bra though. To your point, there will be people who will like make some sort of political gesture out of it, even if he didn't intend it. Like, look at how brave, what a right. great supporter of, you know, transgender, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, I don't I don't know how any self-respecting. But then again, I'm not a professional athlete. So but just. Do yeah, I mean, he's problem. playing in uh, the Euro championship and you're not. So I'm, but I get to hunt for a living. So and apparently scored a goal, right? So yeah, the game winning goal. To send yeah. his country to their Gold. first ever quarterfinal or whatever that, it is. Yeah. That's called a golden goal, I believe, right? Uh, no, it was. It wasn't in overtime. Oh, that's an overtime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, dudes, don't wear bras. All right. <laughs> Moving on. What do you have for us? You want to talk about Jen Paskey and the now the the, the nineteen eighty four esque reality that the Republican Party is responsible for defunding the police? Yeah, and to be honest with you, it doesn't seem like 
su- surprisingly, maybe we're in the dog days of summer, but it, there hasn't been much that I've seen or heard about. And not, and I've had plenty of time to listen to podcasts in the last five days. I can say that mm-hmm. not a lot going on. Uh, so this might be all we got, but, um, yeah, I think, I think I texted it to you probably Friday where I, I think it, uh, I think it pops up on my Instagram first and then I heard now it's being talked about on my podcast and stuff. But yeah, in one of her briefings, uh, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, who I think Trump referred to as. Did I call her Paskey? It's her name. Well, it's P-S-A-K-I, right? But right. yeah, some people make mock her and call her Pasaki. I think it's pronounced Saki, but the P is silent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I think Donald Trump referred to her as the extremely red-haired press secretary. <laughs> <laughs> right. And hey, I, I, I red hair is beautiful. I've got nothing against it. But anyway, um, <clears throat> she... <laughs> love yeah, dude. I can't... Like, <sighs> Is ginger a derogatory There's... term out of curiosity? Like, you know how you can't say midget anymore? Like, because hmm. it offends midgets, apparently. Yeah. And you can't say retard anymore. Like, we said... I mean, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. When we were kids, we said, you're a retard, like to your buddy, or just quit being retarded. Like that was just part of common vernacular growing up in the late eighties and early nineties. You can't say that anymore. Maybe that's a good, that's probably a good thing, right? If it's offensive to people, but is ginger, all the redheaded people out there, I'd like to, I'd like for you to shoot us an email. Does the term uh, ginger offend you? If it's not a cancelable, cancelable offense yet, it certainly will be in short order. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the goal is to make every word that you utter something that they can, um, you know, keep you from go back on, on your Twitter, getting on a plane years for. ago and cancel yeah. you for. Yeah. Right. Um, man, of all the things that we've talked about being 1984 ish. <laughs> this one's so ridiculous. It almost just feels stupid to talk about <laughs> at the same time. It's so abhorrently blatant. I am. I'm like, I don't even know how to, I don't, I don't know how to talk about it. It's stunning. That broad said she, so she's, uh, I'll play the clip here. If you want me to do that first. Yeah, go ahead and play it. Then we can break it down. Okay. Cause it's, just, uh, uh, it makes it's me, a, I'm, it's a beautiful thing. Like it just, it takes, it zaps me. Uh, there, it's like, what are those things in the Harry Potter films? Um, the sort of smoky things that suck your soul out. <laughs> this this is sucking the soul, like my life force out of me that they would pull this crap. Well, I think the president believes that we shouldn't and we shouldn't allow access to guns to those criminals who are currently illegally buying them from some dealers across the country. And part of his announcement is taking steps to do exactly that. But part of his announcement is also ensuring there's specific guidance to uh, communities across the country to ensure that they have funding to get more community police around the country, something that was supported by the American Jobs Plan uh, that was supported, that was voted into law by Democrats just a couple of months ago. Some might say that the other party was for defunding the police. I'll let others say that, but. Some might say that the other party was for defunding the police. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I've, I, my, my, I've, I've thrown a rod. My brain is broken. I don't know. Yeah, mm. some might say. So the reality, the, the backstory is that violent crimes up 40 percent in major Democratic led cities where they have defunded the police. And I'm talking about like all Chicago, New York, Baltimore, Minneapolis, all of them. Crime soaring. Why? Because you took away the people that enforced the laws. Yeah. And, so and, and like even, even worse, though, a right? criminal a green, green light to do whatever the hell he wants. They didn't just take away the police, but there are Democratic politicians across the spectrum who were specifically saying and, and people like uh, Robin, not Robin D'Angelo, um, the, the night that the 1619 Project lady, um, uh, Hannah Nicole Jones, that were saying that, you know, last summer robbing and looting isn't even a crime. Right. And, you know, AOC, we remember she was saying it's not even a crime for these people to steal bread. They're just trying to feed their families. Well, it's like, well, they're not stealing bread. They're stealing TVs, but, you know, right. whatever. <clears throat> it's not just the defunding, the removal of police forces. It's them saying these things are perfectly fine. California, 
950 bucks or less, you can steal it all day long and we're not going to prosecute it. Dude, I've been they're, watching they're videos in- of that. It is insane. <sighs> they go into like a Walgreens, go straight to like the electronics part, uh, load up their, their trash bag with everything that they think will get them to 950 and then they just walk out and no one does anything. Right. They don't, legally, they can't do anything. Right. Yeah, they can't. I mean, they could call the cops and the cops would be like, yeah, but how much did they steal? And they'd say, well, 925 by my estimate. And they're like, oh, that's not a crime. See ya. What the? F- how is that even reality where we just let people steal Dude, almost a thousand dollars worth of crap? I don't understand what we're living through, man. I keep saying all the time. I feel like I must have I'm, I must be schizophrenic. I must be. I can't be sane because what's happening doesn't it just can't be real this can't be real none of this can be real well you know what that i just is? i just keep like going through life assuming hopefully what i'm doing is you know legitimate and not hurting anybody because like i i think i'm alive and have a brain and i'm moving <laughs> through the world and that the things i'm doing i'm doing consciously but at the same time the world is so strange and backwards uh, maybe all of this is a figment of my imagination i don't you, know dude you know what that is though them allowing that is is there attempt at the redistribution of wealth like sure that's a big part of green light yeah. to just steal yeah. without and how many times can you do it in a yeah. week oh i could do it five times a day and here's right. my five thousand dollars worth of crap i just stole and i'm gonna go pawn it off and count my benjamins right i can't but like if there's a uh, i said this before our call so bill maher exposed a couple months back and we talked about it that I a poll Dude, you need. We're not to, supposed to hate, right? Okay, I don't. I don't. We're I don't not supposed hate to hate. Him like I hate Pelosi, but I. I don't like. Listen, him. dude. Bill Maher is one of the only quote liberal Democrats in the world right now who's talking any sense, man. Like y- you can hate him. He's still certainly not a conservative. He's still an atheist and all that stuff. But at least he's calling out the left for their psychosis. Oh, so, I'm gonna give him another you know, chance. You've, this is the second time, third time you mentioned that he's maybe not. Bad Dude, just go look up some of the stuff he's been saying lately, man, including just like in his show last weekend. Like he is They're banging the drum. Him. They haven't yet, man. I, uh, he said he informed everybody, I think, in like early May that a poll, uh, I think a Gallup poll had shown that 40 percent. So almost half of identified Democrats believed you had a coin flip 50 percent chance of going to the hospital with COVID-19. And he ripped them a new asshole. And he specifically <laughs> ripped liberal media, CNN, MSNBC. Like he doesn't even pretend like those outlets aren't actually like basically democratic mouthpieces, right? Like right. He, he calls all of it a spade. He calls all these spades a spade. And he's like, you know, if, if he ca- he juxtaposed it against conservatives and and um, climate change stuff, right? He's like, if we good liberals are going to rip Fox News and other conservative news sites for miseducating their base about the science of climate change, then we ought to damn sure be willing to call our own fouls when the liberal news so badly misinforms their base about this COVID-19 thing. He goes, do you know what the actual number is in terms of a percentage of people who contract COVID that end up hospitalized? He's like, you've got a one to 5% chance. Maybe it's two to five, whatever. No more than a 5% chance of being hospitalized for it. And he goes, and you know who gets the question right in the poll? Republicans. He's right. like forty percent of Democrats think you have a fifty percent chance of that's a, that's absurd, right? Yeah. Then there's the statistic. I think it's like seventy or eighty percent of Democrats believe that thousands and thousands of black men, unarmed black men, are murdered by the police every year. When we know the reality is, it's literally in double digits. It's like nineteen yeah. or twenty. And those nineteen or twenty are a tragedy and shouldn't be happening, right? But it's not thousands and thousands and thousands. It's not. It's a lie. It's garbage. And that's what happens when every single one of them, the media reports on for a month. And they never, ever show when it happens to a white person. Right. And they brainwash the whole friggin' population into believing something that's just not there. He's calling all this stuff out. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I lost my train of thought. Thanks a lot. COVID. My main point is. Th- I, I want to know. I know what my point was. Is there a Democrat in America that actually buys the notion after what we saw last summer and through the fall? that it's the Republicans who were the party of defund. Like if there's they were a, the party of defend, that was our, our mantra is defend <sighs> the police. Now, defend now the police. there's a big difference. Admittedly, she's pulling a fast one, 
right? Because what she's saying is that the COVID relief bill they passed in the early spring, the what is it called? American uh, uh, Rescue Act or whatever. I think so. The American Rescue Act, the last big COVID stimulus that, you know, only helped to further bankrupt us was and it included refunding police to the tune of you said 350 million. I would assume it had to have been way more money than that. Probably 350 billion, right? No, no. Uh, I think it was 350 million. Either way, okay. Federal aid that these these communities can apply for to this, refund right. the police that their party already defunded. This problem was already growing so exponential at that point that the that the that the administration knew they had a problem. They knew they needed to refund these police organizations. So they started sending more money to these democratic states that had or cities that had defunded in order for them to rebuild their police forces. Right. Mm -hmm. And so her claim is because Republicans didn't want to vote for a stimulus bill, that that means they're the party of defunding. Right. (laughs) Excuse me. B. (laughs) (laughs) We wouldn't have had to have done that. If you jackasses hadn't defunded them in the first place last summer and put us in this fucking mess, give me a break. So she's pulling a fast one and she knows she's pulling a fast one because she even went so far as to say, well, I'm not saying that, but you could say that. Mm -hmm. Screw you, cunt. If you're going to have the if you're going to lie to everybody, at least have the balls to just straight up lie. Don't play that bullshit. She's ridiculous, man. She's ridiculous. They're ridiculous. They're liars. And anybody who buys that shit doesn't have a fucking brain in their head, man. This is unbelievable. Nothing I that I can think of is as obnoxious and as, like I said, Orwellian and is just flat up like, let's see what you people will put up with as claiming that it's the Republicans who are the party of defunding the police. Fuck you. Yeah, you dropped the C word there. That's one that I only reserve. There's there's like Hillary, Pelosi, and then the squad. Those are the only ones that have ever gotten the C word from me and my wife. Oh, I have said it in front of her. I feel bad. I probably should never say that in front of my my bride. Uh, but there's no holes barred on this on this podcast. So, wow, we can add a new one to the c word description there. Saki. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, dude. I, I I I I couldn't believe it when when you sent me that link the other day, and I quickly made the. I added the big Lebowski, the dude, to the end of the clip, and he, where he says, "The fuck you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excuse the bombs today, guys and gals. What the the fuck uh, are you talking the, about? The um, it was when the guy said, "Can you stop, dude? Do you have to cuss so much?" And he goes, "What right. the fuck are you talking about?" Right? No, I know exactly the line <laughs> you're talking about. I know exactly the line you're talking about. Excuse the gratuitous swearing, y'all, but this is like a jump the shark moment for me. I, I can't, uh, I cannot get my head around how these people have the balls. This sounds more like a Rogan podcast with all the F words. Yeah. Um, But that's what they've driven us to, dude. They've driven us insane. Like they're they're driving everybody insane. The good thing, I guess, if there's a silver lining, is that this shows they realize what a mess they've created and how horribly unpopular what they're doing is. And the city of New York is kind of proving it, right? I sent you a link. Mm -hmm. There is an African-American former police officer I don't think he was actually police chief. I think he was just an officer, something Adams, Um, Craig Adams. Does that sound right? Yeah, I don't remember. Last name is Adams, who is currently in the lead. Now they're doing one of these um, ranked choice voting processes for their mayoral race in New York City, um, which means that it's not over with. Um, And that basically is, I kind of understand it is like, instead of just whoever gets the most votes wins, they... Um, if that person doesn't get a majority, then they like kind of rank everybody by, okay. So the second place, basically there's like a a point system based on, I think you can choose like a a first candidate, a second candidate and a third candidate. And then like, if you get X number of second place votes and that, you know, goes into the pot. We're getting lost in the issue here. Who cares? This is whatever. My point is that it's a muddled mess and they haven't figured it out yet, but he's leading. That's why I mean, this will be a challenge and that he would win if they had. Or is no, I think de Blasio is gone. His terms up. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, because he's like the least popular mayor on the planet now, right? He's he's 
they've all abandoned him. He's terrible. Yeah. Right. So they're replacing him and they're going to replace <laughs> they're attacking <laughs> his opponents are attacking this police officer because they're calling it by calling him a Republican. It's like maybe you guys ought to try a Republican again. Remember what happened last time you all did that when the city like took off and became the beacon again that it's always right. should have been. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's, you know, the, the beautiful thing is a police officer is leading the race for, again, the Democratic primary, but that's who will ultimately become the mayor there mm-hmm. for, you know, mayor of New York City. Yeah. So speaking of this um, New York City mayoral race, did you see the, the news that broke, I think, yesterday that they lost track of 135,000 votes or added um there's 135,000 votes that they have no idea about, basically. Yeah, I had caught a glimpse of it. Um, so this is the first time they've ever done that ranked choice voting thing that I was very half-assedly trying to describe. Right. And I guess they ran a test on it. The Board of Elections for New York City ran a test on ranked choice voting. And it looks like they're claiming that 135,000 votes from the test made it into the election. And so, guess guess who's claiming irregularities and that there's an issue? The cop who's leading. Hmm. Just saying. Right. Right. Uh, that's uh, and guess who's in second place? A socialist. And they want us to trust the elections without everyone voting in person. Hmm. Hey, man, you know, I mean, the French think it's a bad idea, but what do the French know? Right. Nah, you're just a Trumpster. The, the French also think that American wokeism is generally a bad idea. Yeah. And who's ever been more woke than the French? When the French are telling you y'all have gotten too woke, you got a fucking problem, bro. True statement. Did you see the... So now they're trying to spin it and put it on the... The leaked phone call uh, clip from Biden, his comment. And he said, we have to stop talking about defunding the police. The Republicans are kicking our ass. Right. That, yeah. that was his comment. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> no, this was all right after the election. They had they had an all hands on deck Democratic Party wide, um, you know, strategy session, hundreds of people on the call. And, yeah, there were people who were saying, you know, I was this close to losing my election because of two things, defunding and um, uh, socialism. He's, mm-hmm. There was a lady in Virginia in particular. I can't think of her name, but she was like, we have got to stop talking about Democratic socialism and defunding the police or we're going to get our asses kicked. Yeah, it's a horribly unpopular thing, dude. It's nothing but woke snowflakes that are pushing this. Sometimes I think, dude, the Democratic Party must just think that Twitter is the world. And it's just not. Twitter is a, is a place that's overrun with extremists on all sides, but especially on the woke progressive side. And so, you know, these, these people get 100 woke scold morons, you know, preaching to them about their Silicon Valley sensibilities and think that that represents america it doesn't even represent california by and large one of a follower who recently read 1984 he sent me a message on instagram that was like have you read this is on lone star door show page and he's like you should check out it was in response to that post of saki he's like you should check out 1984 if you haven't and i just you should check out justified pursuit if you that's what i said said, here's a good a good review of 1984 you should check this out and see if you like our podcast but nice. it's great that other people are connecting the dots you know yeah totally yeah. uh regard i mean having nothing to do with our show but that have read 1984 and are realizing wow we're living in the beginning of this novel for sure have you have you ever seen the movie v for vendetta uh yeah i mean i know what it, is that who's in that natalie portman Yes, Natalie Portman's in it. Um, yeah, I and, have, um, but it's been a long time. Um, I have seen it. The guy's name is on the tip of my tongue. Um, so I've never seen it. Um, and it sounds like it's been long enough for you that you wouldn't have paid attention. Apparently, and I've been hearing about this for a year, I say maybe we make a point to try to watch that before the next show and do a little V for Vendetta uh, review. Okay. But it's all the same stuff, right? V for Vendetta apparently is a comic book based film um and it's kind of all the same stuff as 1984 it is this dystopian future and i I didn't know the specifics of it but i was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about all this stuff and apparently 
this COVID stuff is like a huge theme in it where <laughs> one of the storylines is I don't remember any of this. I might have been, you know, we, we need to watch it. Let's check it out or something and don't. Recall right. It, but. Like, let, let's both make a point to check it out. And if we don't do it on next week's show, we'll catch it after that. But um, it's supposed to be like terrifying how on point it is with society in general right now, but specifically on the COVID front where it's like basically like scientists are the bad guys. They release a virus on humanity and then demand that you take a vaccine to cure it and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I will, I will revisit that because I don't remember any of that in watching that movie. Right. I just, like, I mean, when I you don't I was like, Oh, Natalie Portman and like swords and stuff. I'm in. Right. And it's the same yeah. thing with like reading 1984 when you're a high school kid. It's just a book, right? When you're 20, before all of this stuff starts, you, re- you watch a movie like Viva and Vendetta and it's just a work of fiction. But then when you reread these things in light of what's going on now or rewatch these things in light of what's going on, you're like, holy crap, this person was Nostradamus. Right. <laughs> Truly. <clears throat> uh, there's one other note I had here. I want to applaud the American uh, ranching community and I don't remember exactly but I think it was like a Brazilian maybe butcher like wide scale something happened to them and then we had the hack on the ranching community remember uh well the, the cattle the cattle business means specifically yeah 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 so their response is um we're going to become less um dependent on foreign cattle and we've got like the the ranching community is investing hundreds of millions of dollars into new facilities here in America. So I don't to keep us more self-sufficient, which going back to Trump, that's one of the things that we've talked about. Like I always liked about him is, hey, here's my middle finger, rest of the world. We don't need you. Well, that's what we Brexit was all about, too, right? Brexit, yeah. the, the UK breaking free from. The European Union, man, this concept of nationalism. There's, mm-hmm. That's a lot of almost a lot of what's going on across all of this stuff boils down to do we want a global society or do we want countries? That's like, yeah, I want to be my own country and continue to yeah. be the greatest country. And I take pride in that. And then people say, oh, you're a, a bigot, a racist. I was like, so you don't like living here? Like, right. you don't think it's a great country? I, I do. It, it was insane. Uh, I assume same, that's rhetorical because I certainly like living here. Of course. <laughs> um, Texas in, specifically. In this same conversation I was having with the soccer team after, you know, we we're probably three beers in after our game at this point. And one of the guys who has had COVID and is definitely a socialist, and we've talked about, him and I have talked about Trump and uh, and he listens to the show occasionally, so he might hear this, but that's okay. We're buddies. Um, he never really told me any reasons why he didn't like Trump other than he didn't like how rude he was. And he f- feared that there was going to be military parades. Like, I don't... Yeah, I, I said, show me where. Um, but anyway, he, he said he wished that... Well, let me preface it by saying he thinks human population... The human race is a cancerous cell on the earth and that he wished 80% of the world's population would have died from COVID. So we had start over. And I was like, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a soccer team. Three fourths of us would be dead. You know, what about, what if you were the one that died? I was going to say, it sounds like, like four fifths of his family would have been dead. Yeah. Yeah. But that was his outlook. And I was just like, Whoa, man, that's well, dude, at the end of the day, that's one of the <clears throat> underlying features of this whole movement. Right. Leftists hate humanity. Period. End of story. How can you Silicon- live your life just hating yourself and your own existence? I don't understand that. They're miserable, dude. They don't. They don't have. Uh, is he an atheist? I have, I have never talked to him about that. I would bet money he's at least agnostic. Don't know. It's it's a matter of 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 a void in people's souls, man. These people look around and they decide that all the bad things on the earth are due to humans, mm-hmm. right? They don't believe that God created us, gave us free will, and called us to do you know, good and great things. They don't believe any of that. All they focus on is the negative. 
there's a lack of meaning in their lives and it makes them resentful and toxic. And they decide instead of like Jordan Peterson would say, looking in the mirror and figuring out how to make their lives better, cleaning up their own room first, they judge everybody else as being part of this collective evil. But to your point, if you ask them, well, <laughs> do you want to just die and go away? They'll probably be like, well, no, because I'm not the problem. Right. Oh, yeah. of course you're not. So, but in this, in, and I will say we'd been drinking, so maybe this had something. To yeah, do maybe he was being a little bit. No, no, he wasn't because he doubled down on it uh, the next week because oh. we brought it back up because the goalie who is the everyone get vaccinated fear monger guy, he wasn't there the week before. So we revisited and he's like, come on, Chris, you really didn't say that, did you? And he was, he was like, yeah, I did. And I meant it. Um, but anyway, he also said, going back to the, how we got here, uh, the national pride thing. He said we should open our borders so that we have as many people as China so that we can compete with them. And I was like, so I don't understand. You want half, you want 80% of the world population to die, but you also want us to have as many people as China. I was like, that is so contradictory. I don't even know what to say to it. Like, you want more people or less people? Why do we want to do anything with China? Dude. Let's just get... I, I did read, though, that it was actually W. Uh, Bush that... or You know what? I heard it on that podcast. The girl in the podcast with Rogan that you made me listen to said uh, that, that it all started with... with with Bush, like when he reopened trade with China and did away with embargoes and stuff. And we can thank him for a lot of this. Well, the reality of us being be being beholden to China, which really sucks. Yeah, Bush is a globalist. Yeah. All the neocons are globalists. It's unfortunate. Yeah. So I like I like the more middle finger approach to the rest of the world. I'm out of gas, man. <laughs> He's got He's so befuddled, just dumbfounded, shocked by what we heard in the news this week that he's just like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Pretty much. Doing that in COVID. Well, I'm glad you're on the, on the upswing. You and Ashley, you look, you look a lot better. You sound better than you did yesterday. So anyway. And now um, I'm immune. Well, well, yeah, you've got the silver bullet now. That's right. Um, thanks Thank for listening vaccine. to a very scatterbrained episode 37 of Justified Pursuit. Or Chisholm Cook on Cable Smith. We'll see you guys next time. Chibamectin.